0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is to see. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I do. Every time
1: it's become some kind of
2: weird tick intro.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on our podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our uh, little video show we put on YouTube and rumble. We appreciate all of our viewers, all of our Mm -hmm. listeners, all of our subscribers. We do actually get a decent amount of emails. We get a lot of questions. And honestly, that's a lot of what we talk about is we Mm -hmm. just try to kind of, you know, keep up on the times and things going on and current events. But we are, uh, we work at the Lynn Group. We do retirement income planning, right? Mm -hmm. We help people take all of the hard work, all of the savings, all of the things they've accumulated, paying into social security and paying off their mortgage and we create the pretty picture. We show you how to take your assets and take your resources and turn them into something so that you have comfortable income in retirement, so that you have cash flow, so that you mm-hmm. have tax efficiency. So if you want to leave money to the little monsters in your life, there's something always <laughs> left over for them. <laughs> in fact, that's probably what I think we're going to be talking oh, about. That's a so bit.
2: funny. Actually, the I had a monster. client call last week and they were like, I'm just tired of saving all my money for my monsters. <laughs> so... They're going to go you out you and tell my it. mom
1: to shut her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Tell her to stop calling you about that. All right. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> awesome. Look, I get it. Tana's got four kids. I've got four mm-hmm. kids. It is. It is a part of it. And, it, and it's yeah. so funny how unique people are, right? Some mm-hmm. people want to do everything they can to leave a legacy. Some people, eh, there's always something left over. Some people, nah, yeah. eh, I want a dollar in my pocket. They can figure out themselves. Right. I'm in the first tranche. I, I'm, I'm that kind of guy that's like, you know what, it, if I could win the Powerball and make all of my kids yeah. rich, why wouldn't I? You know, it might ruin their lives. And, you know, but that's the to, choice
2: they have, know, have to make. They'll yeah. have to
1: implode on their private yacht somewhere in the, oh the Caymans or whatever the thing is. But um, hey but that's their choice. Right. But, yeah. you know, if you could, you know, uh, if you can help your kids out mm-hmm. when in Rome. So anyways, down to business. Tana, thanks for being here. Sorry Thank we weren't you. here last week. I was actually out of town on a little work trip, and so mm-hmm. you know, I did get a couple of emails of like, you know, Mike, you came back after being flaky for a couple of weeks, <laughs> and now once again we have another week of you not doing anything. And I thought, oh, it's the summer, everybody. Yeah, Things are happening. We're busy. We'll get into our boring old routine yeah. again. Don't worry about it. So hey, let's uh, let me pop up some data here for the viewers mm-hmm. that we have. So the people that are watching this on YouTube and Rumble. Obviously, we, we like the viewership because it's easy to show numbers. It's easy to talk about stuff. Um, what I wanted to point out is uh, there's a big push lately. There's this big push on economics. What's happening? Last week here, actually, I'll pull up a chart real quick. Uh, here, let me pull up. This is the, uh, what do we got? We got the Dow here. Um, but last week, something happened. Something tragic happened. The stock market went down mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can draw a line right here. So like right here, I know it's hard to see on the chart, but right there on the far right, I blew, put that little blue line on there. The stock market went down for a couple of days. In fact, I think it was last Tuesday was the worst stock market drop since we've had since last October. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem is, is people forget that it goes up and goes down. And we've had, you know, the markets have trended up, they've trended down. But one way or another, this that was a pretty meaningful drop. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Maybe the, the Dow was down 800 points that day or something. And everybody said, the end is near. I had multiple emails, multiple phone calls. <laughs> the end is near. What are we going to do? And what's happened since then? Oh, that's weird. It's uh, right back to all-time highs. <laughs> I thought the end was near. What happened? No. Maybe, maybe, maybe the end is close. It's just not near, near. But look at the chart If, if for people watching this. Uh, I'm going to put blue lines on here. What 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 is there a theme here, Tana? What are yeah. the what are the blue lines?
2: Pretty consistent pattern. Oh my gosh, all we'll the stinking
1: time the stock yeah. market does what? It goes and then it comes down, back up. And then it goes oh, it goes up. This, this, this <laughs> is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I had no idea. Look, a healthy stock market is a heartbeat, right? It goes up and it goes down. Healthy healthy markets are not ones that just trend up every single day and you just say, hot dog, look how easy it is to make money. I'm getting the business. Mm-hmm. Um, the rationale, the reason the stock market went down last week was really twofold, right? Is there's a lot of headlines about COVID, the resurgence of COVID, Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and waste a bunch of time on statistics because I'm learning and I don't know if it's where I live, but I'm learning that people don't care about data. They don't care about information. If I sit here and tell you the disconnect between COVID cases and mortality rates, Mm -hmm. you don't care, which is ironic because now it's becoming a thing like does Does anyone ever get into a given year and be like, oh, no, it's flu season. I might get a cold this year. Right. You know, we we've changed our psychology with COVID. That remember, the whole point of vaccines, the whole point of everything we've been doing, the shutdowns, was all about dropping the mortality rate. That's right. what it's all about is saving lives. Right. Um, yeah. You don't want people hospitalized. You don't want people severely sick. But the reality is, is even though cases are trending back up, the mortality rate is like 008 mm-hmm. percent um, with the Delta variant. It's lower than the original one. The mm-hmm. vaccine has worked phenomenally in that respect. And, you know, we all get huffy puffy. Now, the problem isn't necessarily that, you know, the fear of shutdowns certainly can be volatile in the market. But where the real fear exists is there's this underlying theme of inflation. Right. Mm -hmm. Tana, how much was gas in Texas? Oh, currently or before COVID? Right now, right now. Right right now, now. right now. It's on the top of my head because I got gas this morning. I would
2: say it's about 289. Two eighty
1: nine. I paid here on the corner at the seventy six station this morning at five a.m. Excuse me, five nineteen. I don't want to cheat on my time. I was, it was into the five o'clock block this morning. That's early. Um, Tana, Tana, early bird worm. You know the deal. The um, I I paid. $4 and 85 cents. Oh, wow. Now to be fair, I bought the good stuff. So, okay. you know, judge me all you want, but you know, <laughs> they say it makes your car run cooler. So I'm trying to take care of my baby. Um, but you know, but I paid almost five bucks a gallon. Mm hmm. You know, now, granted, there's different issues with with gasoline specifically, but we've all been to the store. We've all bought things. There's inflation. Inflation is mm-hmm. becoming meaningful. It's averaging at like five percent right now. It's way more than it's been in the last decade. And that's really where the fear exists. Not well, OK, obviously, COVID bad. But the, the mathematical financial fear is in what COVID can do for inflation, right? If the government mandates more shutdowns, if the government then further mandates more spending, right? More stimulus checks, more welfare to keep people out of work, running up the national debt. All of those things lend to, once again, more inflation. And so that really made a little cute little hiccup last week in the old stock market. but stock market is a forward-looking, it is short-lived, and as quickly as it's upset about that, it finds something else to look at. And so it shot right back up. We're into earnings season. Earnings are coming out phenomenal. I thought it was all over, but it turns out it's not. Guess what? Companies are making boatloads of dough. Life is good. Um, Some of the things, though, that are interesting as we play with the economic tea leaves, certainly where some challenges exist, is we're always trying to drive down the the jobless claims, right? How many people are signing up for unemployment? How many mm-hmm. people are staying on unemployment? Now, if you're watching this on YouTube and stuff, this chart is kind of small. And I'll zoom in. What the heck? Just zoom in, Mike. I gotta coach myself. <laughs> so here's initial jobless claims on the top one, and what it shows is the orange line is 2020. I need, a, I need like a, like a marker on this thing. Like how do I annotate? Anyways, oh, uh, see how like the orange line or whatever color that is, all of a sudden March, it goes up like a missile. Bada bing, bada boom, right? So that's when the government shut down everybody. You, you had millions of people instantly run out and get onto unemployment, right? Mm-hmm. And then it consistently fell, but really leveled out quite a bit last year where yeah, it fell heavily to August and then it just kind of hung out. And then the blue line, is this year. And so, it's still it's getting lower, it's staying consistent, but just kind of slowly mellowing out. But we do have a consistently high amount of people still filing for new mm-hmm. unemployment claims. That is a concern. Once again, there's like 9.3 million outstanding jobs on the market. Why are people wow. going on to unemployment? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say could why.
2: make more.
1: You sh- you <laughs> How dare you? I'm sorry. That was offensive. It is. The um, um, we're not going there. We're here to tell data, not give opinion. The um, but you look at continuing, continuing jobless claims isn't people filing, it's people staying on. Mm-hmm. And so that's what was amazing. Like, right, you get you get back to last year, that orange line. How many people were on unemployment last year? Over 20 million. It was wow. incredible, right? I mean, what what was the unemployment rate? I can't even remember. It was like 15% or yeah, something. Yeah, I was going to say about 15 Um, And then it steadily started falling, mm-hmm. you know, people staying on. And once again, it's still falling. But you still have like three and a half million people on unemployment. Once again, with a huge amount of outstanding jobs in this country. So still fascinating. We still have some work to do. I think it's going to be very interesting um, Tana, you maybe brought it up, but in September at the moment, mm-hmm. unless the government changes something, right. September is when they the federal subsidy to unemployment goes bye bye. And so we'll see if it's um you know time for a few more people to go to work or not. Yeah, mad dash. But they but they also might but remember the delta thing, right? Remember what we're talking about? The the delta the fear of the delta variant might be that the government gets busy and they extend those benefits mm. and they try to keep people home more. And, you know I mean? So I don't know. The adventure continues, but it's all good. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the police. The um what else do we got? Here? So I have all these these charts. They're so interesting. I mean, this one's kind of interesting. I, I flew last week through LAX. It mm-hmm. was the busiest I've ever seen it. I mean, it must have taken 40 minutes to drive the horseshoe thing. I mean, <laughs> ear, ear, ear. Whereas I flew last year for a work thing and I was the only person there. <laughs> It was, it was, it was bizarre. I thought I showed up at the wrong place. I'm like, did they close this airport? And I I came to the wrong place. Um, so you look at the one that says TSA checkpoints. If you're watching the show of this, the orange line is last year. So huge drop off on people going through TSA checkpoints and then it kind of grinded higher, but what's the dark blue line doing this year? It's really going up quite a bit, right? You're getting a lot of warm bodies, um, getting up there. It's getting back to basically all time highs. The the gray line at the top is actually 2019. So yeah, getting we're getting close. back to, to basically pre COVID levels. Um, people are traveling, people are getting on planes, people are moving. I think it's
2: great. It is
1: great. I mean, that is, I mean, if we get into the whole point of the COVID thing, right, the whole point of shutdowns mm-hmm. was so that we could ramp up, we could create P P V. we could get people masks, we could get all the stuff in the hospitals that people needed to, ready to rock and roll. Part two was you also need to create a vaccine and make it readily available for whoever wanted it. Mm-hmm. Those two things have been accomplished. And yeah. so now we have to find the balance of not destroying businesses, right? Right. Because uh, so many of these businesses, these, these restaurants, these outfits, it's, it's just, it's tragic. You know, I, I work in the business world. I, I hear stories. I mean, honestly, I, you know, I was talking to someone the other day who's, you know, spouse got so personally distraught over COVID last year, they they made a, we'll say a bad personal decision and they're not with us anymore.
2: No.
1: Um, There's it's so terrible. much cause and effect from all of these right. things that will be very difficult to measure. But the point is, things are improving, economics are improving, companies are making good money, uh, life progresses. What was the... um. Oh. If that wasn't depressing enough what was that article you sent me I got it right here
2: well this one's kind of depressing too so this is, this is we're doing depressing
1: Monday show right
2: so right. a majority okay. this is of, how we get
1: your week going right
2: a majority of Americans think children will be financially worse off than their parents this is interesting oh, a nice. survey um, was conducted and they um, found that more than two-thirds of the US respondents said that they think today's children are going to be worse off than than their parents it's it's up since 2019 which that was reported around 60 so
1: wow so it's creeping up yeah is that just because of the uh the old covid
2: probably yeah absolutely job yeah it's that and then also um you know children really faced a a a struggle with virtual learning, yeah, um, and you know schools were shut down. Trying to transition to virtual learning, that really you know suffered wow. um, reduction is, in earnings because of unemployment. So right. there's several factors that are involved.
1: So this is funny. It says children of the pandemic faced a double whammy of virtual learning and an economic recession. So virtual learning, totally agree with. I got four mm-hmm. kids; they're you know dumb as mud now. No, the, um, yeah, <laughs>
2: your uh, kids are resilient. I'm sure.
1: Man. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, economic recession, though, I kind of find that one laughable. Uh, you know, they just came out the other day. So the um oh crud, what is it? It's on the top of my tongue. The um was it? It's the National Economic Council. I can't remember the real word for it. So don't hold me to that. But there's you know, the the country has its economic. Department. And they just came out the other day and said, it's official. Um, The recession lasted two months last year. (laughs) Like, yeah. Okay. World's shortest recession. Very short. No big deal. Uh, People are sitting on more cash than they've Mm -hmm. ever sat on before. People have bought more junk than they've ever bought before
2: on Amazon.
1: You know, yes, there are (laughs) certainly people who have suffered and our people are hurting, but so many things were mismanaged financially. Yeah. Um, So much money was given out to people that didn't need it. I mean, that's what's fascinating to me going back to like those, uh, those, uh, the stimulus checks Mm -hmm. in 2020 during our pandemic financial crisis, if you made 150 grand, you were eligible for stimulus checks. What? You made 150 grand. (laughs) I mean, You're not I, I, don't, I don't know what your measure of doing well is or hurting, but oh, he only made 150 grand. You better toss him 1200 bucks. <laughs> make sure he's, it's a very make sure he's a good point. point. Right. It's it's just so I don't know. I think a lot of people actually made out like bandits. Oh, and, so and a lot of people got hurt. There's just two completely different groups of people right this chart though in this article that you sent was kind of interesting percentage of children earning more than their parents and so here's the chart if you can't see it because you're listening that starts in 1940 and basically Mm -hmm. goes to actually 1984 i don't know why they stopped there i'll i'll write cnbc and ask them (laughs) and essentially what the chart is doing is it's just cratering you know in the 40s 90 percent of kids made more money than their parents and now it's 50 percent in the 80s um woohoo Maybe it's because we've coddled these children. Right. I think that's possibly it because everybody's a winner in in soccer and everybody gets yeah. a trophy, right?
2: That's I, a good point. You know,
1: these wimpy kids need to learn how to get out there and get their cabooses working.
2: Yeah. Well, they haven't ever really faced much adversity. You know, we have it's been true. you know, always just given so much. We have so much available to us, so much opportunity, so many, you know.
1: Yeah. No, it's totally true, which is also fascinating, too, because statistically, uh, people in our age group are on a more higher amount of antidepressants than than our parents. Right. Say, well, why is that? They're the, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones that grew up with the depression age parents. Right. Had nothing. Um. But there's but something
2: to said about, you know, just working, hard. working really hard for what you want. Right. And right. I right. think there's a generation that's growing up right now that's not as robust in in that area. If I
1: had to quantify one thing though on this article, just from a financial standpoint of where I look at kids being at a disadvantage, it's the pension systems, Mm. right? So you go back to the forties, you could go get a job at, so many private companies right? And, and work hard and earn a pension and have that as one more source of income above and beyond your social security. And so now we have this challenge where most people in, in the country, a significant swath of them haven't saved enough money for themselves. Right. The children aren't saving enough money. Um, you know, they have lots of debts, mortgages and mm-hmm. credit cards and auto loans and student loans and all of this kind of stuff. And you know they're not saving the to to fill the gap, right? Because if you had a big pension from the good old days, yeah, you didn't necessarily need to save any extra money. You you should, it's a but security. you didn't have to because you'd, you'd have your cash flow, right? Well, these people aren't saving enough money to make up for the lack of those pensions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So Very good point. I, I view that as a as a problem, but it's just one of those things. Um it, It's a tough world that we live in, and and I think you know with what you and I do, Tana. Is there's so many things that going into baking the cake of retirement, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, obviously you have to save money, you have to invest money, you need to be conscious of how you're funding and saving in your social security. Mm -hmm. You have to be conscious of the types of accounts that you're saving into and how they're going to be taxed the day that you access them. You have to be conscious about personal decisions. Should I buy a house? Should I rent? Should I buy a new car? Should I hang on to my used car? All of those things impact people. I mean, heck, yeah. what, what was what were we we were talking about Medicare this morning?
2: Yeah. What, so what was
1: the deal with Medicare.
2: So I have a client that called me last week, and it's kind of more of a common concern now. And I'm hearing it from others too as well. So she um, and her husband retired. She's 61. He's 71. He's eligible for Medicare. So we got him enrolled right away. No problem. Now she is just coming off of COBRA. It's about to expire. So right. we ran a quote just on the marketplace for just a silver plan. Um, it's got a $4,000 deductible. So that's much higher than what she's used to. There's co-pays and co-insurance that are higher on this plan. And the monthly premium is going to Twelve hundred dollars per month for her, and she's like, "That is like a mortgage payment." You know, I don't want a mortgage payment in retirement. So she's like, "This is a big concern." So I, I feel for her on that one.
1: Well, what do people do though? You know, that that's the problem. It goes back to the theme yeah. of you have to save money, you have to plan for all of these things you don't want to deal with.
2: Well, that's the thing you really need to look ahead. So maybe if, you know, she didn't retire as early as that and maybe waited until she was eligible for Medicare, which you're eligible at 65, but maybe right. she could have, you know, waited till she was 63 and a half. And then she used that 18 months to of Cobra to bridge that gap till she no. was eligible for Medicare. Maybe that could have saved her, you know, money in in the sense of health insurance costs. Yeah. So there's some options, but it it's very tricky. No, but
1: what a specific issue. Looking at that kind of sixty to sixty-five range mm-hmm. of how expensive health insurance is very
2: expensive and that
1: factors into it. I mean, hopefully for a lot of people, it's a temporary issue that right it gets better once you hit Medicare bill. Um, but these are all those things. I mean, there's so many moving parts to this stuff. That, that stifle people mm-hmm. and you need to plan. You need to be aware of what you're doing. I mean, I I remember someone years, I mean, this must've been, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I met somebody and they had just retired. Mm-hmm. They were, they had about a hundred thousand dollars of expenses, which, you know, but they had a big mortgage still and all this mm, stuff. Right. And their income looked like it was going to be about 70,000 a year. And, and I remember being like, huh? Like, why'd you retire? Yeah. And, and their answer was, I don't know. I just figured it all kind of work out.
2: <laughs> like nah, you're, not a-
1: you're way upside down. Here. <laughs> um, you, you probably should have thought about that before you right. pulled the plug. But, but planning is key. Understanding mm-hmm. this stuff is key. Everybody's situation is unique, but we all do have the same situation in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. We all have to deal with health insurance. We all have to deal with our debts. We all have to deal with our income, with taxes. Like I said, we all might be unique in that front, But the reality is, is these are things that you have to deal with. And if you don't deal with them correctly, you become unpleasantly surprised. And then you're the mean parent who makes sure that your kid isn't as well off as you. (laughs) Just spend every last time. Tie it back to to the Tana's (laughs) article. Tie it back. um, Uh, No, it's... (laughs) I don't know. It's a weird world we live in right now. There's just so much going off on. Everything is overwhelming.
2: Well, and the other... Um, big concern is long-term care. So yeah. are you gonna be a burden on your children? And if they're not even making as much money as you did, like yeah. that other article referenced, then that's gonna be a real hard struggle for them to take the, care uh, of you well, when you need them.
1: that's why it's so nice that Medicare covers long-term no, care. No,
2: Medicare does not cover long-term care. <laughs> well, that's, that's a big that's misconception.
1: To it. <laughs> someone's gonna someone's gonna like cut and paste that All out. Right. And then and then, you know, Snippet. take it to the top. Look at what he said. Um, But what a common misconception, right? Yeah. 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 Did you know, fun fact, everybody, there's actually laws, and I can't remember how many states it is. California is one of them, but there's like 19 states that if a parent goes into a long-term care facility and then runs out of money, they can't legally kick them out onto the street. They're trapped in there. And then the long-term care facility, nursing home, has the ability to sue the children For all the costs.
2: Yes, correct. I
1: can't remember the verbiage of that law, but that's a thing. Yeah. And so uh, you you should all be conscious of that if you have parents that, you know, wait a second, you don't need to become on the hook for your parents' long-term care when you can't even afford your own.
2: Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so many people think that in their retirement years, they're going to rely on Medicaid. So that you would have to qualify, you, you know...
1: Anything. Yeah. It, the, I mean,
2: the qualifications are so strict. Yeah, and but, uh, yeah. but
1: attorneys will run these like cute seminars. Of, like, right. How do you hide all your stuff? But the government is so, you know, akin, keen to that of what's going on. You can't right. hide the money. They got like five year look backs. So they'll go back and audit your stuff and see who you gave it to. It's a mess.
2: And once the person passes, the mm-hmm. Medicaid will come back for. Yeah,
1: on the estate.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and they'll yeah. recoup whatever they can yeah. to get their money back. Woo-hoo. So, yeah.
1: So, hey, if you're kids, you should think about your parents' long-term care needs because mm-hmm. uh, the Department of Health, you know, when they survey people, only 25% of people think they need long-term care. Mm-hmm. But the study says suggests that almost two-thirds of people will need long-term care because of all the medications and surgeries and all the wonderful things we do to keep people alive longer than they should be.
2: And it could be three to five years of that. Well,
1: it could be, except my grandma was eleven years. Yeah, so that's the, true. Uh, she said, I I wanna win a prize. <laughs> what prize <laughs> do I wanna win? I wanna I wanna use all of my money for long term care.
2: <laughs> it can happen. It was, you guys was experienced tragic. it. Was yep. tragic. You did. No, no. Yeah.
1: All right, Tana, that's good enough. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, As as usual, we like all of the feedback we get, so please reach out to us. You can go to our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. You can uh, give us a call, 805-500-7035. Here, I got to pop up the banner here. Mm -hmm. I got to get better at this stuff. I stink at this. (laughs) Boom, look at that. That, Thelindgroup.com, 805-500-7035. Reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. We can do specific... Things in the show. If you have questions, thoughts, concerns, and you know that's what we're here for. So we're here to help you guys out. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at the Lind Group. Call eight zero five. 500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com